Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and I'm so glad to be back, y'all. I know I've been away for a while. I haven't really been putting up too many recent episodes, but honey, I just been busy, honey. Life has hit your girl, and I just really haven't had time to be recording, but I'm so glad to be here, and I'm so glad to be talking to y'all today. So today, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to deal with abusive bosses. Now, honey, I know that this is a subject matter that is very sensitive to most because I know that a lot of people have experienced very abusive bosses and very abusive work environments. And I have been on the receiving end of that. And I wanted to talk about how you can deal with that, how you can combat dealing with an abusive boss when it comes to the work environment. I mean, we've all had those bosses that think they know it all, that the bosses that are passive aggressive, the the bosses with the Napoleon complex, whether or not they're four foot one, (laughs) whether or not they're five foot two, hell, you can even be six foot and have a Napoleon complex. So I wanted to talk about what you can do in those situations. So You know, abusive bosses comes in all forms, shapes, and sizes. And I've had many types of bosses. And, you know, most of my uh, work experience, I've been working in restaurants. And I will say that I've talked to a lot of other people regarding this matter. And I can tell you, abuse in the workplace is very common amongst every type of work environment, whether or not you're working in restaurants, whether or not you are working in a law firm, whether or not you've been in uh, broadcast media. I mean, it, it is everywhere and it's very alarming. And it is a topic where I feel like it really doesn't get a lot of attention. And it's also a subject matter where it's almost kind of like, you know, when you're working in these, working for someone, it is almost like the, it's the expectation that, As being an employee, you're supposed to tolerate abuse from your bosses. Whether or not you have a a point about something, whether or not you feel like your boss is undermining you in a situation, you're always just pretty much told to go with the flow and never speak your mind about it. And I feel like that that's not conducive. I feel like a work environment where you're an employee and you're dealing with your boss, it should be equilibrium. You should never be afraid to express yourself. Now, you do have to keep in mind that when you are expressing yourself, it does need to be in a respectable manner on both sides. Your boss has to have respect for you and you have to have respect for your boss. Um, That said, I've been in many, many, many work environments where I've had bosses that don't even know how to do their jobs correctly, you know, and they feel like just because they're in a position of power that that gives them the right to belittle their employees or they don't want to take advice that might be valuable and useful to them. I've had bosses that don't even know how to do their job at all. And I've had to be the one to come in and step up to the plate and be a boss and be a manager in those situations. And I'm like, you know, I don't get paid to not only be in my position, but in yours too. If you want me to do your job, you're going to have to pay me more. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it never should be that way. And there's bosses that just feel like, you know, 
because like I said, you're, they're in a position of power that that grants them the ability to just treat you any kind of way. And it doesn't matter. There's bosses that overwork you and there's many different forms of abuse. You know, I just mentioned a few. There's also, you know, sexual harassment is a form of abuse. You know, there's also discrimination regardless of your race, your gender, you know, uh, the color of your skin. There's many different forms of abuse in the workplace. And, you know, especially being a woman of color, there's also the issue with a lot of microaggressions that is used against me in a lot of situations that I've been in with bosses where, you know, they can react, an employee or even a manager can act aggressive towards me. But let me speak my piece about something. I always have to be cautious in my approach and how I'm talking to them because that can be perceived in the wrong way, you know, and I don't feel like that's okay. So, you know, with all of the things that we have against us sometimes in the work environment, being especially a woman of color, you really have to watch your back, especially when you're working in a work environment where everybody is predominantly, you know, white. Being an African-American woman, I've experienced racism and I've experienced a lot of discrimination. Um, And, you know, it's just very unsettling that in these times that we live in right now, we're still talking about racism, you know, classism, sexism, all of the isms that we continuously have to deal with. It just it's it's crazy, you know, Uh, you know, homophobia, you know, that's a form of discrimination that's that is very prominent in workplaces too. And a boss can be very discriminatory and abusive in that, in that way aspect as well. So there's just so many different types, but I want to talk a little bit about some of my experiences that I've gone through. And so I had this boss at one of the places that I worked at, and he was actually one of the second general managers that we had at this place that I worked at. And You know, I want to say as soon as I seen this guy, I knew that he was a very diabolical person. Yes, I use that word diabolical. I know it's a strong word, but it's a perfect word to sum up who he was as an individual. And he represented every aspect of someone that was diabolical. He was very facetious. He was very mean. He was very nasty. Um, He undermined any and everyone. You couldn't tell him anything. And he was just very rude and disrespectful and very cunning as a person. And... You know, it it got so bad with this particular manager that everybody in the store reported him to HR. And here's one thing that I've learned in my experiences of dealing with abusive bosses and situations where I've had to go to um, my boss's superiors in HR. And one thing that I've learned about HR is that they are going to be in the best interest of the boss, the manager, the management, and any superior that you have within the workplace. They're never going to be at the benefit of you unless they are not too fond of the particular boss or, you know, the other superior, whether it's a general manager, whether it's a regional manager. Usually if you report something to HR, there is not going to be too much action taken against, you know, that individual, which is really unfortunate. But you have to consider that HR works for the company and the management works for the company. So who at the end of the day are they going to protect? They're going to protect their own. 
You know, it's a brand that some of these businesses have and they're going to protect that at all costs, especially if it's a corporate corporation excuse me you know they gotta they have to protect they have to protect themselves so with this particular boss things just got progressively worse and worse and worse I mean to the point where this manager would literally take food and reuse food from customers plates such as french fries and throw it back into the fryer and try to serve it to other guests he would sexually there was reports of him sexually harassing other employees um amongst a lot of other things um and you know that was all brought to the attention of the regional manager and the regional manager really didn't do much to take act course of action in these situations so it was brought to the attention of hr and so everybody Everybody went and, you know, wrote their statements about their experiences with this particular manager. And we really didn't hear much about what was the course of action that was going to be taken. And there were some very serious allegations that were brought against this particular um, manager. However, fast forward to probably about a year later, um, the re- we were notified that the restaurant was going to be closing down and we met with the regional manager and all the employees. We were all sitting there. All the employees that worked there were all sitting around and we were, be given, we were being given this particular news. And in the meeting, the, the general manager, who this is the guy that I had a lot of issues with amongst everybody else that worked there, it was brought to his attention um, the things that had transpired and how we all just individually express how we felt about this particular manager because some of us were going to go to the other locations of this particular um, restaurant. There were, they had it, it was a corporation, so they had other you know areas where people could work at once they were laid off of this particular job. So, um, you know, everybody was expressing how they felt because that regional man, that, excuse me, general manager was supposed to go to another location and work for the same company. So, you know, that was met with some huge backlash. I mean, that man almost damn near jumped out of his skin and almost attacked one of the employees and even myself when he was confronted with some hard facts and even while he was confronted with these hard facts, it was astonishing to me to see how the regional manager didn't have a care in the world about what was going on. It was like, you know, he could care less. And I'm just sitting there like, really? You know, we're bringing these issues to you. You've been brought these issues to your attention. They're very serious accusations. And how could you just sit here and not care? You know, and how can you sit here seeing how this guy is acting and not be alarmed by that and allow him to go to another location that's just insane to me so I after this whole meeting I went and I called HR again because I was just trying to figure out how I should go about this you know I will I wanted to make sure that I had some documentation um, regarding this Uh, general manager's actions because I really felt like he shouldn't be able to have the luxury to still have a job after the way that he's treated all of us. So I was told, you know, that they were actually not going to move this particular general manager to another location that in fact, they were actually supposed to lay him off and he had no idea about it. And I was told to write out my uh, grievances about this general manager and send it into this HR person that I was speaking with on the phone. So I went ahead and did that. 
After I did that, I heard nothing back from this HR person or anybody from HR. So I was going to go down to EOCC, which is the Equal Opportunity Commission um, board. And what they do is they help fight for the civil rights of the uh, employee in a work environment. So I was going to go and bring that to their attention about the situation. And I had co-workers that were willing to write their own fair share statements about their experiences working with this particular general manager. So that would kind of help to validate some of the points that I was making in my complaint about the manager. So in doing that, uh, probably about four days later, majority of pretty much everybody just decided they didn't want to, you know, go any further with this complaint. They decided that they didn't want to tell HR. Um, they didn't want to go to the EOCC because at that point they were just like, we're out of there. You know, we never have to see this guy again. Uh, we're all going to be at different locations other than the one that this particular general manager was going to be at. Or some of them just decided they were just going to get in a whole new profession. So at that point, it was like I did have a case, but I still needed that validation from some of the co-workers that I had. And without that, I felt like my complaint had no legs at that particular point. So I just decided, okay, you know, I haven't even heard back from HR. You know, I haven't heard, you know, I'm not going to be able to file this complaint with EOCC because I do need a little bit more, you know, uh, validation in this situation, if you will. Um, and I wasn't going to get that. So ironically, probably about, I want to say three days later, I'm randomly just in my room thinking about all the crazy stuff that I experienced working at this particular job. And I don't even know what made me think about it. You know how you just think about things randomly sometimes? Well, this is that situation. I was randomly thinking about it. And so one day something just so on that particular day, something just tells me to go to my mailbox. I don't know why, but the Lord told me to just go to your mailbox, go to your mailbox, my child, just walk there, put the key in there and open it and, and, and check what's inside. So, you know, the Lord spoke to me and I acted upon what the Lord said it to me so I go to my mailbox open it up and lo and behold it is literally a check there from a lawsuit that was brought against this company from a different employee at a different location um and everything pretty much that you know I expressed to HR was in this complaint and also this particular boss was stealing money from us too. And that was another big issue that we had. And the problem was, was, you know, there was no way for us to really figure it out. So there was some particular way that they were manipulating the system where they were shortchanging us on our checks and they were making it seem like we were getting the correct money, but we were getting less, but the same hours were still present. So even if we work 40 hours, it would show that we're working 40 hours, but our checks seem much lower than what the 40 hours should be. So they were somehow like manipulating the checks. We really never understood what they were doing. All we knew was that we knew that we were getting shortchanged. And so that was brought in the lawsuit as well. So it just goes to show sometimes, you know, even if you feel like you need to take course of action, look how God sometimes work. You know, I felt, you know, I felt like in that particular situation, justice was not served. And I so desperately wanted to 
get my voice to be heard. And, you know, ironically, three years, it took three years for my voice to really get heard and someone else's voice needed to be heard too. And they were ultimately able to file the lawsuit and everybody was able to get a payout, which I thought was sweet redemption. But sometimes justice has, you know, it, it takes a little longer for justice to be served. And sometimes even if it wasn't with you, that the the justice was brought to the forefront. Um, Sometimes it takes other people to bring the justice to the forefront. In my particular situation, that's what had to happen. And, you know, I was able to move on and find another job and so forth. But, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, my voice was heard in the end and everybody's voice was really heard. So even if you do file a complaint, you know, against a boss in a toxic work environment that and nothing happens at that particular moment, don't feel like things can't change for you. You know, continue to persevere. And even if that means that you have to stop working there for just to be served, just know that, you know, sometimes God, he moves at his own time and you have to take that into consideration. And that's what happened with my case. So I just wanted to encourage everybody out there that if you're experiencing that, just know you know, when you're being wronged, that justice will prevail. You will see the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't get just discouraged. Just keep your head in the game. You know, as no, as much as I know it gets frustrating and hard, just know that in the end, you can get victory. You will be the victor. So, you know, just, just keep that in mind. And I can remember a time also where I had this other boss and... From the moment, like the other guy, from the moment I met him, I knew this guy was diabolical, too. (laughs) I mean, this guy was a complete jackass. I mean, and not just to me, but he was a jackass to everybody. He had a very short fuse. Uh, He did not um, care about anybody else's feelings, opinions, anything. He was a very nasty person. And... He there was a situation that had occurred where he uh, threatened me physically and I in that situation had got reported to HR and um, there was some course of action that was taken. Um, there was some disciplinary action that was brought out against this guy. Um, and this was my general manager as well um, by the HR and the regional manager. And to be honest, he was not ever rude to me again after that situation, but he really didn't even feel like he was wrong for what he did at the time. And he was in complete violation of me. I mean, he completely violated me. You know, you should never as a manager ever threaten physical harm against your employee. And so um, once he did that, um, you know, like I said, he no no serious course of action was really taken. But, you know, they they did try their best, I guess, to mend the fences with me and him. But, you know, when someone oftentimes that I've also seen is if a manager has been at a particular job for a while, um, you especially if they're in a, a high position, like being a general manager or a manager or a regional manager, if something something has to be really serious to happen in order for them to get fired. Um, so um, after that whole situation, 
there was another employee that had brought out some of her grievances that she experienced when dealing with this general manager to one of the regional managers. And literally after that, this particular general manager got fired. And it's one thing that I was told um, from an employment lawyer is that it's really, really hard to sue people, especially employers, because although employees have rights, the employers have a lot more rights. And so if it's a situation where, let's say, for example, you have a manager that's sexually harassing you, right? And you report it to HR and then HR does nothing and you decide that you want to file a lawsuit against the, you know, manager for sexual harassment. Sometimes no action is taken because there needs to be more validation in some of those situations where there needs to be maybe another employee that needs to talk about how they've experienced the same sexual harassment in order for anything to come about the situation. You know, let's take, you know, uh, Cuomo, for example, you know, there was lots of employees that had, you know, brought to the attention of HR and tried to go to the, uh, the EOCC in order to report what was going on. And nothing was even done in a lot of those situations. And it took a lot of people to complain about all the sexual harassment that they had been experiencing for years in order for, you know, the complaint to have any legs, you know, and now look at what's happening. He's been, you know, terminated from his position and you know sometimes unfortunately that has to happen that sometimes they may not see your complaint as enough validity for them to do anything about it so if you do have someone that is a witness or if you do know someone that has also experienced the same you know um, acts of discrimination or sexual harassment or any form, form of retaliation and they report it it is very important and I tell everybody that I have worked with that is, that has experienced some sort of, you know, harassment or discrimination or retaliation from one of my one of our bosses to report it, because even if no course of action is taken, you know, if someone else complains about the same thing, it is documented. That's the most important thing. So if there is ever a lawsuit that needs to be happening or needs to be done, then they have that as, you know, documentation. And yes, in lawsuits, they can petition for HR to give them over those, hand them over those files for them to use in court cases. And even recently, I was dealing with a boss that... I mean, he, like a lot of the other bosses that I've had in my life, <laughs> he had a very control, he had a control issue and he had a Napoleon complex like a lot of these other bosses that I've dealt with. And it cost me my, speaking up for myself, ultimately cost me my job. Um, a lot of the employees were made to do things that they were not required to do. But many of them didn't speak out about this because some of them were not legal citizens and and because they, you know, they were intimidated by their superiors in the work environment. And, you know, in a lot of other places, in a lot of, you know, work environments in general, people are afraid to speak up for themselves because they feel like it's wrong. You know, bosses make you feel like you can't have a voice while you're work in the workplace. They feel like you just have to tolerate every level of disrespect that there is and it is expected of you because you are the employee there or the boss. And I don't think that that's, that's right. I don't think that that is fair. 
So there were certain things that they were trying to force me to do that I know that I didn't legally have to do them and they were not within the scope of my job description. So, you know, that I brought that to the attention of the management and because no one's ever expressed to them, you know, they're them not wanting to do certain things that this that this really put a target on my back. And I had to wear that for months, you know, a scarlet letter on me pretty much. I had to wear my scarlet letter for a couple months. And so everybody from, you know, supervisors to the general manager really were not fond of me in this situation. But I felt like I was doing what was right because, you know, if you want me to work a particular job, then you have to keep me with you. What I'm supposed to do is supposed to be within that scope of the job description. Anything else, you got to pay me a little extra. You know, that's how it, it, it works. And so I just felt like a lot of time they were abusing their power and they not only did that to me, but they also did that to employees that actually work for them directly because I was actually working for an agency. So, you know, when you're a lot of times you're a temp worker, you're really going to be given the shitty jobs. You know, you're going to be made to do things that sometimes they're not even going to make their own employees do. And that's because they feel like, you know, you're a temp worker. You should do all the dirty jobs or, you know, you should be working more than all of the other employees that actually work for them, which isn't fair. So in the end, you know, I kept having issues with this particular general manager and I brought to their attention how I felt because there was a situation that had occurred that was supposed to be handled uh, accordingly based on the protocol. And it was not when I brought that to the attention of the general manager they could care less about what I was saying. And so I expressed how I felt and I thought that there needed to be a form of mediation. They did agree to the mediation. I ended up finding out, you know, who their superior was to go over their head because although I agreed to the mediation and as well as this individual agreed to the mediation, I felt like they really didn't care about mediating and they were just doing the mediation, saying that they were okay with the mediation only just to pacify me. So um, once I brought this to their superior's attention, nothing was done. I wrote out a, a, an email to them and then I came in for my shift and the next day. And I remember um, HR was more curious as to how I got the president's email as opposed to the issues that I had brought to the president's attention, which I thought was very alarming. And mind you, at every job, you're always told, you know, who your HR person is. You're always given the email address, the telephone number. At this particular place, they don't want you to get in contact with anybody of authority there. The only person that whose contact information that you have is your supervisor's uh, contact information, which is a really big red flag because you should be able to know that but also why is my HR more concerned about how I have the president's email when they're not even tackling the issue at hand to me that was very alarming but that is another point as to show how HR is like I said in the bed and in the benefit of the uh, management they're not on your side and they're only there to benefit you know whoever works for them you know the people of authority within the establishment so the next day I come in for my shift, the one of the guys, one of the general managers, superiors 
seen me who I sent the email off to, too, because I CC'd a couple of people who were of this particular general manager's superiors in the email. And he walked right past me. He didn't say anything to me. The general manager um, didn't say anything about what time we were supposed to have the mediation with one another or anything like that. I just pretty much worked my shift. And as soon as I got off of my shift, I got an email from my agency pretty much just saying that, you know, I had been released from my shift. I mean, released from my duties there. They didn't, they said that the reason why was because, you know, they were laying off people because the holiday season was coming up and it would be slow there. However, I knew better than that. I knew that that was a form of retaliation. Let us just get rid of her right now because she already went to my boss about the situation and she's becoming too problematic. So let's just get rid of her and come up with some BS ass excuse that, you know, we're just laying her off we're going to release her from her duties because we are too overstaffed right now and we need to lay people off well it's real funny to me because there was one particular employee who went home sick and I had to fill in their position and so what they had been doing was because a lot of places are very uh they're very understaffed right now a lot of companies have had to bring people in from HR to fill in these positions so someone was so someone was brought in from HR from this establishment to work my position and then I had to work the other employee's position who had went home sick so you're telling me that you're short staff however I find that it's really funny that this HR person had to come in because you have no one else to fill my spot so I mean I just, it, you know, people come up, these places sometimes come up with clever ways to try to mask the BS. And I mean, Helen Keller can even see themselves that this was some form of retaliation. I mean, I'm not that good at math, but I know one plus one equals motherfucking two. So, I mean, I was able to put two and two together. But you know that that's sometimes what happens when you speak up for yourself. And honestly, I don't regret speaking up for myself one bit at all. And one of the wonderful things about this pandemic or that has come about this pandemic is people are really following their heart and realizing that the job that they were working, and I've said this before, the job that people were working before, they were only working it just to get by. They didn't have any passion behind it. It was just a job to pay the bills. But a lot of people, since the pandemic has happened, are really starting to get jobs that are in alignment with what their passions are in life. So you see a lot of these restaurant workers, they're deciding not to go back and be waitresses or work in the field of restaurants anymore because they're realizing that's not in alignment with them anymore. They're tired of being disrespected by their superiors. They're tired of being disrespected by customers and they're tired of being underpaid and overworked. You know, when I worked in restaurants for years, one thing that I loved about it and I will say is that the money was great. I mean, the money can be really good for you depending on where you work, but it was always really good for me. It was always really flexible when I was uh, going to school as well. But The thing that I realized during the pandemic was like, I never had time to myself. I never had a weekend to myself because I always had to work weekends because as you know, working in restaurants, that's that's your big money maker aside from working the weekdays. So 
You know, a lot of these places are short staffed because people are just realizing their worth. You know, they're tired of being, like I said, overworked and underpaid and undermined by management. Um, And so, so many places, so, so many people are starting to follow their dreams, opening up businesses, um, traveling the world, whatever it is that their passion was before, they're starting to just go for it and seeing that there's more to life than just working 40 hours a week or just working 80 hours a week or just, you know, working just... Just to get by, they're seeing that there's more to life. And that is the most important thing. We all have purposes in this world. And it's for you to figure out what your purpose is and what you should be doing and what's in alignment with what you should be doing. You know, and sometimes that takes a while for people to figure out. And with the pandemic, we had that time with being able to just sit still for a while because remember, we couldn't go anywhere. I mean, you couldn't go to the movie theaters. You couldn't go to the hair salon. You couldn't go to the nail salon. You couldn't go to, you know, take any trips anywhere. I mean, you had to just be still. And there's some people that really haven't learned from the pandemic, but I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I have personally learned from the pandemic, along with other people that I have talked to about it. Now, I want to move on to talking about some of the effects that having an abusive boss can have on you. Um, One of the things is you not wanting to come into work. It's like, you know, you having to deal with this boss on a daily basis. Like, why do I even want to come on work? It's it's a drag to want to come and do your best at the job. And you're always sometimes feeling like maybe, you know, your boss is going to be trying to plot on you about something. Sometimes your boss can do facetious things such as give you overwork you or give you a bigger work. Workload. I've seen situations and I've had this happen to me where, you know, there's bosses that, you know, will cut back on your schedule. They won't give they'll cut back on your hours because they just don't want to really deal with you. And, you know, when that when your schedule is cut back, your money is cut into. So I've seen things, situations where people are not given Uh, their time off, you know, that they requested. Maybe there's a sick family member that you need to aid. And because that manager doesn't like you, they won't give you that time off. Sometimes your managers can be just a complete asshole to you. Or even a lot of times there's the retaliation where your managers will try to set you up for failure. And if they're setting you up for failure, ultimately, they're just trying to get you fired. So, you know, and then, you know, you're always felt like you're underappreciated and overworked a lot of times. And so those can be some things that that come about when you're dealing with an abusive boss. There's also the situation where because maybe someone feels like they can't express themselves to their bosses, that creates tension in the workplace amongst you, some of the other employees when it comes to this particular boss that they're dealing with. They may feel like because they can't express themselves, then then they have to backstab the boss and start talking behind the boss's back. And then that leads to an even bigger issue. And bosses have to understand how to lead with respect. Know when to take a back seat. You know, you don't have to be right all of the time. And you're not going to be right all of the time. You know, and just because someone is bringing to your attention how they feel, that doesn't have to be a sign of disrespect. And every employee has the right to voice their opinions. And, you know, as a boss, you are also supposed to listen as well. You're supposed to be understanding. You're supposed to be helpful. And 
if employees feel that that you're not doing that, then you lose their loyalty and you're going to have a lot of people quitting their jobs, not wanting to work for you because you're abusive. And some people don't see that. And sometimes it does take an employee to step in and say, hey, this is how what you're doing and this is how you're making me feel. And this is what I think needs to happen in order for us to work cohesively. Because, you know, what what the bosses need to understand is most of the time the employee isn't against you. They're for you. You know, at the end of the day, this is a team and we all have to work together and not be against each other. We need to be united and work as one. But you also have to have that open door policy as a boss with when it comes to your employees. They're human too. They have feelings, they have emotions. And like I said before, sometimes employee is right. You know, and and you have to be able to as a boss take that back seat and know when you just need to take that 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 check in from that employee. Now I want to talk about what are some ways that you can combat dealing with an abusive boss. Now, I want to say one of the most important things when um, dealing with an abusive boss is making sure that you keep documentation of the abuse. Um, Make sure that you carry around a notepad or you can use your iPhone or your tele or your phone to write down a brief summary of some of the things that you're experiencing when dealing with this abusive boss. Make sure that you keep the date and the time there so that you have a ledger to reference when you're uh, making if you're deciding that you want to file a complaint against the boss. And then once you do that, some of the next steps that you can take would be you know, going to, like I briefly explained, going to the regional manager. Um, if you feel like you get nowhere with the regional manager, going to the HR. Now, like I said, a lot of times the HR is in the benefit of the um, management. So unless they have some issues with that manager, usually they're not going to do much about the situation. And if they do, most of the times it's not going to be to the extreme of firing the uh, manager Unless they're actually someone that's a a frequent offender or if the situation is big enough for them to fire them, then that's usually going to be what's what's going to happen in these types of situations. Another step, like I mentioned before, going to the EEOC and going and filing a complaint with the the board of the EOCC, EEOC, excuse me, and, um, you know, making making note of what was going on. And then once you do that, another step from that, if, you know, not much happens with that situation is you can also file a lawsuit against the manager. Um, If you're experiencing any sexual harassment, whether you're experiencing any retaliation, discrimination, you can always file a lawsuit. But like I mentioned before, sometimes if your complaint isn't big enough, um, you know, you sometimes need someone else as a witness, you know, to help you in these situations to validate what you're experiencing. Um, And that's usually in a lot of cases, a witness is always great to have. But sometimes it's frustrating because you can get someone to decide they want to be a witness for you and then maybe sometime down the line they just decide to withdraw from you know the situation so you know just make sure that you keep ledger of all of this once you do that then a lot of times you know there will be something that you will get some form of justice um just just keep your head in the game is the best way best thing that I can best advice that I can really give you 
you know, like I discussed in um, this show about some of the things that I've experienced and how it sometimes took years for justice to even be served. But don't get discouraged. You know, keep your head in the game. You will get through this. And then one of the last things is, is finding another job. You know, if you're feeling like you your purpose isn't being served there or being met there, then find another job that serves its purpose for you. You know, find a job that's within that that same alignment within that same profession or deciding whether or not maybe you should get out of that particular profession and move on to another, you know, job. You know, it, it, there has to be sometimes there's going to be some sacrifice when you're combating, combating dealing with an abusive boss. And sometimes that means either losing your job or finding another one. So always, always, always just keep that in mind. Um, Sometimes it does take sacrifices when you're dealing with an abusive boss, but know that, like I said before, justice will be served. Keep your head in the game. Don't get discouraged, you know? Um, And I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I talked about this topic because I feel like it's, it holds true to some of the experiences that I've dealt with over the years. I've dealt with many abusive bosses and it's not fun. You know, it definitely creates a certain negative environment for not just me, but sometimes other employees too that have some of the same grievances with dealing with uh, an abusive boss. But on that note, I want to thank you all so very much for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. Once again, I'm your host, Kyra. And make sure you go ahead and like and subscribe this video and make sure you share it as well. Make sure you go ahead and comment either on Apple for the reviews or if you want to comment on YouTube, go right ahead. I do enjoy hearing and seeing, you know, all of the comments that you guys leave under these videos. And if you have any content suggestions, you can always sign up for patch for my patreon at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection if there's any particular type of content that you guys want to see you can sign up for patreon and become a member and sign up for the tiers where you the type of content that you want me to showcase on a uh, vibe selection. And also you can sign up for one of the tiers in order to receive some free merch, whether it is a nice little vibe selection sweater or a coffee mug, or even some nice little holiday gifts. You can go ahead and do that on Patreon. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney. Or if you want some vibe selection merch only, you can get that at www.teespring.com slash vibe selection. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.